Part one of this series, we looked at the first D, that is dream, dream, and we had three episodes of dream. The first episode, I spoke about the 12 characteristics of true dream. The second episode, I spoke to you about the 12 killers of dream, and the third episode, I spoke to you about the 12 drivers of dream. Now this morning, I want to look at the second part of our series on the seven D's of success. So we are looking at the second D, the second D, this blessed morning. The second D of our series, and the second D, I call it downsizing downsizing everybody say that with me you didn't hear me i didn't hear you praise god downsizing into bracket right the courage to cut your cloth according to your size downsizing the courage to cut your cloth according to your size what is downsizing? Downsizing is a wealth creation strategy that involves cutting down your expenditure, saving some money, and investing that money for financial growth. <laughs> it is easy to be rich than to be poor. You just need to know the keys. The strategies to become rich. And one of the major strategies to become rich is to learn to cut down your expenditure. Is to learn to downsize. Now, downsizing will take you courage to do it. Because it will mean changing your lifestyle. For instance, it will mean that if the house you live in is too expensive and yet you don't utilize it fully for instance you have a wife and a child and you have rented a five bedroom house in a very prime area in accra because that's where all your friends live the rest of the rooms are occupied by cockroaches and rats because you don't need it you cannot even maintain the garden in the house because at some point you don't even have money to get gardeners to maintain the garden. Every day you are either facing the light in a room you don't sleep in 
because it's gone off. There are some portions of the house that you have not even seen it the last six months. And you know you don't need that house. And yet, you are running into debt. You owe your landlord and you are still trying to maintain that house because that is what all your friends do. They live in big houses. And that's what makes them feel that they are big boys. And you also want to feel like a big boy. It will take courage for you to decide to move from that house and get a smaller house for you, for yourself. Because moving from that house will mean that in the eyes of your friends, you have become a small boy. Moving from that house, in the eyes of your friends, you are failed. You are no longer a big boy like them. Now, it is courage for somebody to say, I don't care about what you think about me. I am just doing the right thing to save my money for the future. It takes courage. It takes real courage for somebody to be able to declare his or her independence of people's expectation of him or her. Are you understanding me? Any lifestyle that you cannot afford, you don't deserve it. Are you understanding me? Any lifestyle that leads you into debt, you don't deserve it. Some of us think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. That's why we are in debt. <laughs> Some of you think that, Charlie, me, it's a disgrace for me to have one car. It's a disgrace for my, for my wife not to have a car. Because all my friends, their wives have cars. So it's a disgrace for me if my wife don't have a car. Or if my wife doesn't have a car. And so you know what you do? You borrow money or to buy a car or you credit a car for your wife. So that you feel like a big boy. But you see, if your wife really deserves a car, you don't have to borrow money to buy it. You will earn it. You will have the money and stress-free, you can get a car. Any lifestyle that is putting financial stress on you, you don't deserve it. <laughs> my God. Oh, my children. I, I, my children must go to the best schools. Not everybody wants his child to go to the best school. I'm telling you. Especially if you do not have the privilege of going to a good school. So you want your child to go to one of the best schools around. But if at every turn you cannot afford the school fees, your child does not need to be in that school. You've got to downsize. If you keep on piling up school fees and your child is continuously embarrassed, driven from the classroom, killing the child's ego and pride, then that child must not be in that school. I said, any lifestyle you cannot finance, you must not leave it. Any lifestyle you cannot pay the bill for, you must not. Now, we are beginning a journey that will be so painful, but if we are able to make the decisions I'm going to suggest to you, in terms of your finances, in five years' time, you will come back to me and say, Daddy, Daddy, I thank you. I thank you for helping me downsize. Helping me to develop the courage 
to downsize. <laughs> I need a car, one for myself, one for my children to go to school, and one for my wife. Then I, I want to get a driver. And sometimes all the three cars are home. One week, nobody has moved one. The only one moving up and down is the one that takes your children to school. And sometimes you wake up in the morning and have to even put fuel in the one car that is moving. You know, the other two cars, that because you have no place to go, your wife is a housewife, you have no business at anywhere where you wake up in the morning to be the traffic to go. Anytime you are moving your car, you are going to sit with friends and talk. You are going to pick friends and go somewhere. Then why do you have three cars? And two of them have not yet been paid. And there's pressure on you. You are praying and looking for money to start a business. And you have three cars there. And you come here, you pray, you fast. And God says, the money you are looking for are in your house. It's sitting on your compound under the sun. And the sun is beating it. Sell two of your cars and maintain only one. And the money is there. Finish. Even if the house you live in, you built it yourself. But it's costing you so much. It's costing you so much. It's simple, simple, simple. Rent it out. Rent a smaller place. And live in that small place. And make money from your big house. Until you are able. Until you are able to earn income. Regular income. That can help you maintain that lifestyle. I am not saying that don't live in big houses. I am saying that if you cannot afford it, don't live inside. Any lifestyle you cannot finance, any lifestyle that will lead you into debt, any lifestyle that will bring financial adversity on yourself, you don't deserve it. Are you understanding me? I want you to know that 90% of people going through finances is because of Financial crisis is because of their lifestyle. Why eat at the restaurant if you cannot afford it? Are you understanding me? Why, why decide that every week is a family tradition? We will go to a particular restaurant with my family and we eat there. And when you don't have money, you will borrow to go there. I've always said that virtuous women in this church would never shop for the house on this Pinterest road. You get 200 Ghana cities, you walk to a shop on the Pinterest road to shop tea roll, um, milk, what? Name them. Milo or Milo. What that 200 Ghana cities can give you at Okanshi, if you manage to just get to Okanshi, the same 200 Ghana cities will give you three times what people have been taking from you here on this Pinterest road. Hmm. Just wake up in the morning, rush to Okanshi, one paste. Here, I don't want to mention any shop. 
But one paste on the Pinterest road, the cost of one paste can buy the same paste three times. Three of that paste at Okanshi. Pinterest road acrylic lady. You want an acrylic market? We want you to walk in the mud at Agbogloshi so that we can save some money for our children. Most of you here, on the average, you are young people, you have just started a family. You've got to downsize because of the future of your children. Now, the major question is, how can I downsize? Why do people refuse to downsize? People refuse to downsize because of their financial behavior. And so, episode one of this series, I'm sharing with you on the 14X of financial behavior. The 14S of financial behavior. Everybody say that, let me hear. The 14S of financial behavior. Now, what is a financial behavior? A financial behavior is the way you behave when you have money in your hands. The way you behave when you have money in your hands. It is your financial character. There are 14 S that will describe your financial behavior. And you've got to know this if you want to be able to downsize. The number one S is what we call the spendthrift. The spendthrift. The spendthrift. The spendthrift is someone who spends money carelessly even when he or she does not have a lot of it. People that spend money carelessly, so carelessly, that if we give them $5,000 today, by tomorrow evening, they'll be asking you for a loan. Because they will spend it, get friends, sit somewhere, blow that money, and go off. They are called spenders. Why do people have this character? Why do people have this financial behavior? There are a few reasons why you spend money the way you spend money. Number one, because you are greedy. No, I'm telling you some reasons why people are spending because you are greedy. You have 10 shoes. 10 shoes. But let somebody come here with another set of shoes and the person is selling them. Even if you don't have money, you want to credit it. Despite the fact that you have 10 shoes, you still want to credit it. Especially the young ladies here. That's why you can't stop sleeping with men. Because you need money to finance your greed. Every Sunday you want to wear something new. When you open your wardrobe, the clothes, they fall. Yet you still need another one. Every week you want to buy. You are never, when you are greedy, you are never satisfied with what you get. You understand? Some people will say, ah, for me, it's because I am, I am, I am, Fashionable, that's why I love sports. I love sports. You don't love sports, you are greedy. Because I cannot imagine having even two shoes, two shoes, and there's a third one you don't have money to buy, but you still credit it. What will make you credit a third shoe to give you financial crisis when you already have two? If you have the money to buy it, fine. But if you don't have the money to buy it, why go and buy it? Why go and credit it and run away from church? Some people do not come to church today because they are owing other Christian sisters and brothers in the church. 
they have created things that they don't have to. They don't need to. Sometimes you cannot save money because of your greediness. Number two, to boost their ego. Some people suffer from serious inferiority complex. So they think that if I wear expensive suit, I will be noticed. If I do very weird hairstyle with some colors that will cost me so much money, when I enter the church, everybody will look at me. When you are suffering from inferiority complex and you want to boost your ego, you do very weird things. You spend money on very unnecessary things. If you don't, you see, if you don't set yourself, you don't celebrate yourself, you use money to try to buy beauty, to buy handsomeness. You know, I'm telling you, there are people here whose clothing today is over 1,500 Ghana cities. And yet they didn't have the money to get it. They credited it. And they have promised by tomorrow evening they will pay. Meanwhile, they cannot pay it by tomorrow evening. And you know why they created it? Because they want to boost their ego. They want to come to church and feel loved and feel accepted and feel recognized. Some people, the car they use is because they want to boost their ego. They want to drive to church for people to say, oh, Charlie, no, you are entering. There's somebody to say, you'll be too much. <laughs> Everybody said your hair style was nice. Until you came to say, ah, this one's hairstyle is nicer than my hair. See, you are covetous, and so everything somebody has, you want to get. And so you spend money to try to get what somebody else is having. Are you understanding me? That's why you waste money. That's why you spend money carelessly. That's why you are in debt. Again, People are spendthrifts because they want to gain competitive advantage. They want to gain competitive advantage. They want to gain competitive You are competing with somebody and the person is living in a new house. And some brothers here went to visit that brother and they came to the men's fellowship meeting and said, Charlie. So he has gone to rent a new place. Okay. Next week, I'm renting, I'm moving out of my house to a new place. And I invite the same people to come and see. And they will know that some power pass on power. Power pass power. You are a financially unwise person to think that way. To think that you have to buy a new car because you are competing with somebody who has bought a new car. If somebody is living a lifestyle he can find out. And because of competition, you will get into debt. To compete with a person, it is your own problem. Some people did wedding and had 10 uh, brother team members. I don't have to do the same wedding. I don't have to. Because I don't know where the person got their money from. I can't tell how the person made the money. But what I have is what I will do. And it takes courage. It takes courage to do what you can afford. It takes courage to do things. Let people talk. Let people say, ah, you couldn't do what we did. You could not do what we did. Whatever you do, people will talk. So don't just put yourself into trying to please everybody. Because you cannot. Hmm. Some people... Spend carelessly because they want to catch up with what they have lost in life. What they have lost in life. 
You just made some small money. And then you remember that when you were growing up, you used to go to your friend's house. And your friends, in their parents' house, all of them had rooms. Okay? All of them had rooms to themselves. And you were sleeping in one room with your parents. So you always said to yourself, and I grow up and I make money. All my children will live in different rooms. What I, what I did not get, I will not, I will not let my children suffer to get it. So you get some money instead of investing that money into a business and growing that money and growing it small, small, growing it small, small to build your own house. You would take that money and hand it over into, a, to a, into the hands of a landlord or a landlady just because you want to catch up with what you have lost. So you, you hand it over and for three months you have not gotten additional money to buy even a chair to move into the house. Three months, you're not even gotten money to buy beds into the other room. So you take your children and say, we'll stay here for some time. God will bless me again. I'll buy your beds for you. For a whole one year living in that house, your children live the same room with you because you had only one bed. You did not make any money again to buy the beds. Two years will come. The money you gave the landlord is finished. Now you have to move out. Then, you still want to go and get another big house and you don't have the money. You come to Covenant Week of Financial Increase. You begin to pray. Father, Father, give me money for my accommodation. And God is there. God is saying, son, son, that house, I did not give it to you. You don't deserve it. You deserve chamber and a hall. Until you come to that mentality that you deserve chamber and a hall, I'm not going to give you that money. Are you understanding me? You've got to learn, have the courage, have the courage to say, I cannot afford this, and therefore, I will not get myself involved in that. Hear this scripture. Hear this scripture. Proverbs 21, verse 17, reading from the Good News Bible. Indulging in luxuries, wine, and rich food will never make you wealthy. Hmm? Rich food going to restaurants, buffet lunch, and spending 100 Ghana cities on buffet lunch when the 100 Ghana cities can cook for your entire house for one week. <laughs> the Bible says that indulging in rich food will never make you wealthy. Indulging in luxuries, in luxuries, luxuries, sort of buying a car that if it breaks down, you can afford the parts. You will buy a car that when it breaks down, they will have to bring the pass from outside the country for you. God have mercy on you. Number two, the second S. The second S is the star. The star. The star. The star. The star. The star refers to a person with a populist approach to spending money. Populist approach to spending money. Some people spend money because they want to be popular. Some people spend money because they want to be popular. <laughs> they are amongst friends. Weekends, you, try, you go somewhere, you join tables, you put your friends down, you pay for everything. Somebody say, I'll pay, say, no problem, let me take it. Let me take the bill. Because you want all your friends to say, the guy is good, he be a good man. The guy is a good man. 
you have a populist approach to spending money. Here are three reasons why people have this financial uh, behavior. Number one, to gain recognition. To gain recognition. If the person does not feel recognized amongst a group, does not feel recognized in his family, the person begins to spend money in order for the person to be recognized. <laughs> Number two, the person spends money this way has the star financial behavior because the person wants to increase esteem. If I want to spend money on something, it should be needful, it should be right, it should be by the will of God before I spend money. Because you know something? You can never use money to win people's hearts. You only use money to steal people's hearts. And hearts that are stolen, hearts that are stolen are not committed. It's hearts that are won. Are you understanding what I'm, I'm talking about? That's why people who come to church because they have need and you think that when we give them this and we give them this, they will stay. They come to church with a stolen heart. But people that are in church because they are convicted, their heart is won for Christ, they are more committed than those whose hearts are stolen. The people spend money in a populist way because they want to gain acceptance. They want to gain acceptance. You see a young man who wants to marry a girl begins to spend on the girl's family because he wants acceptance. <laughs> you pay for the girl's father's dental uh, visit. The, dental, the dentist, you pay. The girl's mother's join this. You buy the draft. The girl's brother's school fees, you go and pay. Then the family say, yeah, that's a good man. You should marry. Just to gain acceptance. When we say somebody is shambolic, it means that the person is a very disorganized person. Very, very disorganized person. How some of you men go home and remove your trousers and leave dollars in your pockets. The pockets of trousers. And the boys who live with you wash your trousers and they are dollar rich. Hundred dollars, they take it. The next day you say, ah, my hundred dollars got missing. Who has seen my hundred dollars? Hey, so the witches in my family, now they are putting their hands in my pocket. You come to me, daddy, when I have money, I don't know where it goes. Some of them, they are not demons who came to take them. You are just shambolic. You sit in the taxi, you leave your wallet. You go and buy something over a counter. You take money from your pocket, you put your wallet down, you are paying. When you finish, you forget your wallet on the counter, you go, hey, I've forgotten my wallet. You go there, they say it is missing. If you needed it, you would have put it in your pocket. When a wallet is lying on the counter, it's for everybody. Not for you alone. When it's in your pocket, it's for you alone. Are you understanding me? So people have what we call symbolic way of spending money. Okay? Losing money, little money here, little money there, sitting at your hall, in your house, and then putting money on the center table, and getting up and forgetting the money there. By the time you come back to the hall again, the money is gone. There are evenings on wise if you leave your money on your center table. By the time you come back, you are there with your wife alone. She will tell you the money is gone. 
because she thinks that you are so careless that you don't deserve having that money in your pocket. She deserves it. They are men. You, they are men. Even if, if like, forget your money and put it on the, <laughs> even in your bedroom or your bed, the time you come back, it's gone. When you say the money is gone, they say some demons came to take it. The fourth financial behavior that you got to watch, the fourth financial behavior is the saver. The saver. And this is a very good financial behavior. The saver. The saver is the person who saves money and invests his money to create wealth. The saver. The saver. The saver will cut down cost. Even if it means it will deprive him of his comfort. Because of a future dream. Because of a future vision. The saver will cut down his, the cost of his expenditure. When a spendthrift marries a saver, they always fight. Because the saver gets money and he's saying, the first thing I want to do is to invest this money, is to save this money and think about investing the money. The spendthrift thinks that now the money has come, let's chop. Let's do some party. Let's do some parade, you know, you know those things. Let's spend the money. The saver will say, no, I'm not going to spend this money. I'm going to save it for future purposes. The saver will invest money in education. The saver will invest money in his children. The saver will invest money in property. The saver will invest money in the stock exchange. They don't waste money. The saver knows the difference between a seed and a fruit. If you have a seed, you don't eat it. You plant it. You save it. You save it somewhere. Now let me ask you this question. If you were saving 50 Ghana cities every month, for the last five years, you would have made a lot of money this year. The saver knows that it is little drops of money that becomes a mighty financial ocean. There are some people here who are just looking for one big financial miracle finish. That never comes. Ask people who are rich, who you admire, they never got one big financial miracle. They were people that cultivated the saving and investment mentality. Guarded their money little by little. Guarded money little by little. Deprived themselves of comfort. Deprived themselves of comfort. They, they could have lived in a bigger house than the house you are living in now. They did not choose to live in that house. They could have ridden better cars than the one you are riding now. They did not choose to ride those cars. They saved their money. Reinvested their money. And now came back. Now they are prosperous. You see, that's why when you ask some people money and you think they have the money but they don't help you, you think that they are wicked. But they observe you. They look, they look at you when you made money. The kind of lifestyle you adopted and the sort of things you did. And they don't think that you deserve to have their money because if they did the same thing you did, they would not have gotten enough money for you to come and ask them for some. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1, reading from the Good News Bible, it says, invest your money in foreign trade. Invest your money in foreign trade. And one of these days, you will make a profit. So invest your money and make profit. Number five. Number five. The feet S. Of financial behavior is called the sponsor. The sponsor. We call them the philanthropist. 
Now, sponsors are philanthropists that invest money into people's life and help people out of financial crisis. But let me tell you this. What sponsors do is that they, they try to put money into something they can easily identify themselves with. For instance, I suffered a lot in terms of school fees. I went to school. Every buzzer in my school knew me because either I'm begging them to write exams or they are driving me out of school. And I know the pain that people go through when it comes to school fees. People that grew up in villages where there were no water and, and light and had even their, some of their family members dying from waterborne diseases. When they make money, they want to go to villages and help sponsor water there because they can easily identify themselves with those things. And when a sponsor is sponsoring you, where his money goes, his mouth also follows. A sponsor cannot say, I want to sponsor your, your school. I want to pay your school fees. And then you will not bring him or her, your terminal reports. The person will not pay again. And if you are not performing, he will talk. But you see, when you are not wise, you will say, the small money he gave me, the small school fees he's paying, he wants to run my life. So sponsors are very sweet people. They give you their money. They make sure that their mouth will begin to run your life for you. And if you are not ready to submit yourself, then you cannot go for a sponsor's money. If you spend money on people, you must cultivate the behavior that made you rich in them. So that after you have sponsored them, when they get out from your house, they can now be stand on their feet and become rich like you. Mm-hmm. Number six, the steward. The steward is a very faithful financial manager. Hmm. Very, very faithful financial manager. Let me tell you something about the steward. The steward has this powerful financial attitude. Number one, the steward gives to Caesar what is Caesar's and unto God what is God's. I'm telling you, if the steward if the steward is paid at the end of the month, the steward just receives the money and says, I am only a steward of this money, and so I must give to the owner of the money his one-tenth, and gives out immediately. When you work with a steward, and the steward makes money from you working with a steward, if you have a portion in the steward's money, the steward will give it back to you. He will never keep it. A steward is a very, very accountable person when it comes to money. You have people, you work for them. They make the money, they don't pay you. You do all the work, the money comes, they don't pay you. But see, when you marry a man who is a steward, even when he's spending his own money, he becomes accountable to his wife. And say, my dear, I made this amount of money, this is how I want to spend it. I want her to save this for the children. Do this and do that and do that and do that. He is financially responsible. You know very well, ladies and gentlemen, you know here that what your, your wife and your children are going through is because of your foolishness in terms of how you spent your money, how you wasted your money. 
today, what your wife and children are going through, they don't deserve that. But you're not even learning. You're not even learning because the little that even comes now, the way you waste it, it's amazing. It's appalling. <laughs> Number seven, the swindler. The swindler. The swindler. Jeremiah 17, verse 11. Jeremiah 17, verse 11. The person who gets money dishonestly is like a bird that hatches eggs. It didn't lay. In the prime of his life, he will lose his riches. And in the end, he's nothing but a fool. Anybody who earns money dishonestly, dishonestly, cheating people for their money, working for a boss, and stealing the boss, trusting you with his money, and stealing the boss's money, I've always said here, I've always said here over and over that it is easier to be rich than to be poor. And therefore, if you are patient and you are not rushing, you can set emotions, strategies to make money. And you will make money. From legitimate businesses, you can make good money. Good money. Number eight, the scheduler. The scheduler. The eighth financial behavior is the scheduler. The scheduler is a budget keeper. Somebody who plans for the money even before the money comes. Hmm. Will never spend any money he has not planned for. If we're a wise man, now hear me, most men here think they are wise, but they are not. You know how I save my head? This is the way I save my head. I calculate my money. I take what can, we can use for food. Then I call mommy. I say, my dear, this is how much I have for food this week. Please, I beg you. Beyond this, we'll go hungry. So manage this money for the week for food. I offload the burden of that financial management on her. Now she begins to go around. I will hear her say, Hey, who touched the milk? Who touched the milk this morning? I put a full thing of milk here. Somebody has come to pour. You know why she's chasing the person who poured the milk? Because now she has to make sure the money will reach us for the week. But assuming I'm walking around as if I'm a financial giant. She'll say, you people, is the milk, have you finished drinking it? Oh, drink more. <laughs> drink more. But now the burden of managing the food is now on her laps. She has to make sure everybody eats. And she does that very, very, very well. Hmm. Some men think they are smart. You put the money in your pocket. You are going in the morning and say, so uh, what are you going to eat this afternoon? Say, okay, take this. Make sure the food is sweet. I'll come back and eat. You go. <laughs> the next day, so how much do we want? 100 Ghana cities. Okay, take. Then you go. The woman is not under any obligation to be accountable to you because you did not say this is my last money budget it so you know what you do the day you don't have money now you go and sit down and calculate how much money I give this woman you go and say hey my dear this week I gave you 500 Ghana cities Monday 100 Ghana cities Tuesday 100 Ghana cities Wednesday 100 Ghana cities uh, Thursday 100 Ghana cities Friday 100 Ghana cities Today's study you are asking me for money again you know why you are not calculating because the money is finished in your pocket she will tell you but you gave it to me for one day 
you gave it to me for one day. Without financial principles, you were a dead person. Number nine, the smart. The smart. The ninth financial behavior is the smart. The smart. That is nine. Number nine. The smart. The smart. The smart. Are you ready for the smart? The smart is the wise person who is able to spot, spot money-making opportunities. Money-making opportunities. A person of ideas who generate ideas and make money. That's the smart. And if you are not a smart person, you don't make money. You've got to be smart. Listen, there are genuine money-making opportunities all over. One way to make good money is to sell what people buy regularly. I hear people come to me and say, Daddy, I want to go and do business. My business, I want to sell combs and creams. I say, I know one comb my wife bought. For three years, she's still using the same comb. We are going to sell comb. Comb. People buy it for three years. They don't come to buy it again. I should give you money to go and sell comb. <laughs> so, so, Daddy, so why should I sell? I said, go and sell food. Food. People will eat it morning, afternoon, evening. It will go. You turn over the money fast. Turn over the money fast. If your money is small, you don't put it in something that takes a long time to sell it. So they buy one, you chop it. They buy another one, you chop it. They buy another one, you chop it. By the time they finish buying all, your credit, your, your capital is gone. I think they are demons. You are just not smart. Proverbs 21 verse 20. Wise people live in wealth and luxury. But stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. So you see, wisdom will help you generate money. Tenth S is called the slave. Proverbs 22 verse 7. Reading for the Good News Bible. Poor people are slaves of the rich. Borrow money and you are the lender's slave. So the slaves are people who are parasites. They just borrow money here and there. Tell you, borrow me this money, let me turn around. And they don't pay. Borrow me money, let me turn. And then they become slaves of the people they borrow their money from. So don't, don't pride yourself that you're a smart guy. Tell you, make you wait. At, at the go church, they don't say, I don't get money. At the go church, by the time I come, I go bring money. How you go if you get them, Charlie? I go wrap them now. I go wrap them. So you close the church. You are standing by the car park. Somebody's going, Charlie. You go if you borrow me 100 Ghana cities. I go pay you next week. Our conscience can't give you next week. If you borrow money, you don't pay. You become a slave to the person from whom you borrow the money. 11. The spoiled. The spoiled. The 11 is the spoiled. Proverbs 22, verse 6. NIV, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not turn from it. You know the spoils? The person who has been spoiled in the house was giving money to and misused the money and spent the money. Huh. I just gave Kevin 10 Ghana cities this morning. By evening, before we go to bed, he will account for every person that came out of that money. And when I call him to come and account for it, I said, don't lie. I've come to ask you some questions. Don't lie. I gave you 10 Ghana cities. What did you used to do? You said, Daddy, please, I use five cities for offering. Okay, the five cities left. Daddy, please. Um, I said, son, you want to lie. And if you lie, I'll catch you. I'll catch you by wisdom because I'm older than you. I'll catch you by revelation because I'm a pastor. <laughs> so you better say the truth. Daddy, please. Um... I use the rest. There are things I've told him. Don't eat this. Don't eat this. Don't eat this. So that he, so when he begins to crash, crash, it means that he used my money to buy what I've told him not to eat. 
So I begin to deal with him. But what I'm putting in him is financial discipline. You understand? Financial discipline. I have withdrawn his pocket money because I realized that when I give money to him, he will vanish from the house. Because money must be spent. And since I cannot spend it in the house, I must go out of the house to begin to spend it. So I said, son, anytime I give you money, you are tempted to move out of the house. So I'm cutting down your expenditure. I want to make sure that every money you receive, you are spending on something immediately. What am I doing? I'm disciplining him. Because the way you treat your children with money, when they grow up, that's the same way they are going to handle money. Let them respect money. Let them value money. Let them know that money is a good thing and needs respect. And once they have that attitude, they know. Some of you are sports children. You grew up, your parents gave you money, you made money early, you wasted it. It is not part of you. You can't control yourself. When you are poor, you become humble. When you are poor, every prayer meeting I call, you come. When you start getting money, hmm, I don't even see you. May God have mercy. Twelve, twelve, twelve. Twelve is called the Santa Claus. The Santa Claus. Hmm. Come again? Yeah, for the Christmas. People who give unrestricted money to people. The Santa Claus. You know what the Santa Claus do? You know what they do? They go to restaurants. They keep the change. They sit in Trotro. Tell the mate, keep the change. They sit in a taxi. Taxi driver, keep the change. They, they go to a boutique, buy, keep the change. You are Santa Claus. You don't restrict how money leads you to people. You understand? <laughs> Sometimes we go somewhere and somebody comes to serve us nicely, then mommy is taking the money. For instance, if I spent, say, say 90 Ghana cities, okay, and then my bills is brought 90 Ghana cities at a restaurant, then I take 100 Ghana cities and put it in the district. I cannot dash you 10 Ghana cities for serving me at a restaurant. I need coins to give you, if I want to give you even tips. Although sometimes mommy, 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 as a mother, will say, honey, it's okay, it's okay, let him take the 10 cities. I say, my dear, where do I know this guy? <laughs> Just serving me food right now, he's going to make 10 cities. Even though that carries cement to do construction, they don't get 10 cities. They get 8 cities. They get 8 cities. I'm not going to let this guy walk in an air condition to come and put food on my table for me. Even the food is buffet. I went to dish it myself. Just that he brought me drinks, smiling. Smile is not equivalent to 10 cities. <laughs> so I'll say, find, find some coins. So she go in there and say, honey, let me give, let me give one city. Let me give one city. That's okay. One city is fine, but I need my 10 cities. You understand? Well, sometimes there comes a time where that 10 cities you are looking for, you don't get. So the fact that you are carrying some, that's not me, you should just give it out. Mommy and I used to sit in trot trot during those days. I used to light trot trot front. Ah, if I don't get front, I will sit inside. <laughs> then if we get to our destination and we are left with coins to be given to me, I sit in the front. Then maybe says, I'm going to do for the money. I say, no problems, I'll be waiting here. Mommy will say, Hi. if we begin to have the Father Christmas attitude, you come to church, young guys wait for you by the, the, the other place. That's not giving, no. That is irresponsible donations. Some people stand there. there. <laughs> bros. Bros. You are too much. 
and then you take 10 CDs. They go another place, bros, bros, take another 10 CDs. And then so another person say, hey, Charlie, I get 10 CDs. Go get, go get some. The man get plenty of money. Santa Claus. I don't want Santa Clausians in this church. I want people that are responsible with money. The thirteenth one is the stingy. The stingy. The stingy. Armed strong. So I want to balance between the Santa Claus and the stingy. So that you don't just say that, huh, you see my dear, when I say I don't, I don't want to give them money, then you have been complaining. But it's even, daddy, daddy even says that you don't have to be Santa Claus. Sometimes there's a thin line between being a Santa Claus and being stingy. You might not know if you are stingy. If you see that somebody has a need and you have, give. But if you deprive somebody who has a need of receiving help from you, you are stingy. And stinginess comes from the receiver mentality. There are some people, they want to receive, they don't want to give. You understand? So they have the receiver mentality. Receiver mentality. They, they feel that they are the people that have to be given to all the time. Then some people have what we call insecurity. That's why they don't give. Hey, this money, I have only 50 Ghana cities. What about if I give 10 cities and by tomorrow I don't have money to eat? So insecurity, so they don't give. And then some people don't give because they are wicked. A man who keeps money in his pocket when his family is hang- hungry. A wife who keeps money in his bank accounts when the wife has only one clothes coming to church. It's a, it's a spirit. You've got to deal with it. Then finally, finally, the sower. The sower. The sower. These are people who believe that God has called them to become givers and to support the kingdom. They are called the sowers. The sowers. And they believe that God blesses them because God wants them to sow into the kingdom. You understand? And so they give and give and give because they believe that God wants them to give. And guess what God does for them? Second Corinthians 9 and the verse 10. Say, now he who supplies seed to the sower is NIV. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now what God does for these people is that God supplies them seeds. Because they are kingdom investors. They sow into the kingdom unreservedly. And then God looks at them and God said, I need to give you a seed to sow. So God begins to bless them financially. The highest form of financial behavior is to become, a, is to become positive financial behavior, is to become a sower. So that you can sow into the kingdom and give into the kingdom. God bless you and thank you for having me. I hope you were blessed by the message. We're grateful for tuning in to the Pleasant Word broadcast with Bishop Gideon Titi Ofer, brought to you by the Pleasant Place Shifo Chapel, the church with pleasant people. Find the Pleasant Place on the Spintus Road, Basket Bus Stop, near Unibank. Dial 0264-133-333, 0264-133-333 for more information. Yeah.